Guys, I have some friends who have a company called Simply Earth, and it's an essential oil recipe box company. And I was always super confused by essential oils until I partnered up with them. And they have eliminated all the confusion, and they help make the air in my home toxin-free. It'll do the same for you. But most importantly, this is a company that is about a greater cause not just helping make the air in your home toxin-free, they donate 13% of their profits to help end human trafficking. They actually came up with that number 13, inspired by one of my songs, Next Thing You Know. So there's a real personal connection with this company. They're mission-minded, and they're helping to end human trafficking. And when you buy your essential oils from them, you get to take part in that fight against trafficking, which is a big deal. The company's called Simply Earth, and here's what happens. You get a Simply Earth essential oil recipe box that helps you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils. You're going to receive the recipe box with four pure essential oils, six recipe cards, and extras. You learn how to use your essential oils while making the recipes that are created by certified aromatherapists. I want to become a certified aromatherapist. That's a nice title. You save money and you detoxify your life. Plus, you buy for a company from a company that's changing the world. 13% of their profits go to end human trafficking. This is like a meal subscription kit, but it's way more fun and it's going to detoxify your home and you're going to help change other people's lives. So here's what I want you to do. Remember this, the essential oils alone would cost over $100 from other companies, but with the Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box, you get four pure oils, six recipes, and extra ingredients for only $39. And when you subscribe, you get a free big bonus box with even more natural goodies. It's never been easier to use essential oils. You got to sign up. And when you sign up with Simply Earth's Essential Oil Recipe Box, you get a free 80 milliliter essential oil diffuser when you subscribe using our URL, simplyearth.com slash west. Again, that's simplyearth.com slash west. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West. And as always, I really hope you like it. Welcome to the Story House. For those of you who are watching now, hopefully, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed being able to have the video version of the podcast. If you're listening right now, you can always hop over to my YouTube page. Uh, what's my official YouTube page, by the way? I've got my team here. Is it Matthew West official? Anyways, just type my name, find the official spot, and uh, you can watch all of the podcasts as well. Excited for today's show. I hope you are too. Thanks for joining me. I know you. those of you out there I know there are those of you out there who are listening or watching every week, and I want you to know how much that means to me. Um, very exciting things coming up, by the way, before we get into today's show. The My Story, Your Glory Tour is about to be on the road, and I hope you have your tickets already. Very excited about this. 20 shows around the country with my good friend, special guest, Micah Tyler. Um, you guys might know him from, well, the song we wrote uh, together. Well, he's been on the podcast as well, but uh, I See Grace, Walking Free. Uh, he's got so many awesome songs. He's going to be bringing those on the road with me, and we can't wait to see you. Go to MatthewWest.com 
and click on the tour button. You can find out all the information there. So, uh, hey, let's dive into today's show. My guest is a new friend who I've become a huge fan of uh, his music, his story. And um, we recently collaborated together on a brand new version of my song, You Changed My Name. He joined me for that and uh, a really, really special experience. So I think you're going to love this guy. Let's go to the Story House with John Reddick. He's here. Welcome to the Story House, John Reddick. Round of applause. Thanks, bro. Just one one hand one clap. Hand, Have you ever I... done shows where there was that many people cheering? Because <laughs> I have. When I was a kid, yeah. it was just me. Yeah. I had a band, four-piece band, it was, but they were all me. So Have you yeah. been singing ever since you were a kid? I mean, yeah. My mom was a pianist. My dad was a pastor, so it's like singing in the church choir kind of thing. And your sister. Yeah. Great yeah. singer. Yeah, she's a great singer. When When we were kids, my mom would make us do like... This thing, we'd be in the car, my mom would sing a run, and then I'd try to sing a run, it was stupid. And then she, my sister would just always be like, Ooh. it's like oh, one single note. She would just, just do the one, one note? note? She just do the one note. But she can do the run. <laughs> oh, uh, now, yes. Yeah, so oh, like, <laughs> but she was like, she was like six or seven. So the, the funny thing is she came out doing all, she can do any of it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm the one like, <laughs> no man you are so talented john reddick's oh, in the bro. story house this is not your first time at the story house no. uh, this is about this this one day like a month this creative space turns into podcast space mm. but usually most days here songs are being born right yeah. and so yeah. this was like we got to hang here we started writing some songs together yes. and i've become such a fan oh, of your music and your testimony and we got to collaborate together on something we'll talk about that a little bit later but yeah. i've just become a fan and when i become a fan of somebody i want to like tell other people about them you know oh, and so uh we got now this podcast the downside this podcast only has two listeners so okay. your album my mom and my dad they're the only no i'm just kidding no, it's all good. i'm just kidding there's more than that but uh but i'm just excited for people who haven't come across your music yet to get to discover uh your music and your testimony of course uh most recently if anybody who's listening to this podcast uh listens to christian music radio they would be hearing you quite a bit, am I right? Mm. With mo, t- talk about your first. Well, you've had two, two radio singles, right? Right, right. Or more than two. Two. Well, one. Talk about the first one yeah. that took off. Yeah, yeah. The first one that took off was God turned it around. God turned it around. Mm-hmm. Sing a bit. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna make <laughs> you do that. You're coming off the road. You're road weary <laughs> from the West Coast. <laughs> Would you like to just put you on the spot? Like, like uh, that turned it around. <laughs> yeah, when you're off, when you come off the road, you're singing the low octave version know, right, to save right. your voice. Everything's but, gone. <laughs> but God Turned It Around was your first radio single, right? Yeah. The, um, I had a song before that that actually Mandisa did, which was called You Keep Hope Alive. Oh, it was a great song. Yeah, man. And that so, was, You were behind the scenes on that song? Yeah, we wrote that for church, actually. And we did it. At church, I released it, church released it, and then Mandisa released it, and she was just, her heart was huge in it, and she was like, yo, I just, I just want him to be, um, yeah. yeah. You know, so she I and I go way back. Him. For real. Yeah, we've written so many songs together oh, over the years. Oh, I know this. Yes, yes, yes. The, in fact, her first radio single we wrote together, it was called Only the World. Only really? the world I'm living in. It's only the day oh, yeah. I'm giving in. Yeah, yeah like that I, was like when she first came off of Idol, we wound up writing songs together. Wow. So you guys go to the same church or, or well, did at the time? I played in her band for a while. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
And so, uh, and so she, um, so yeah, but she did the song and then uh, wanted me to also do it with her. So I was, every time they played it on the radio, I was on there also. So it was, it was a cool thing. But then, um, yeah, we did God Turned Around. And so, and you're signed to Goatee Records. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to start there. We're going to go back. But okay. like, so God Turned Around was your first radio single with Goatee Records, which right. is a powerful, amazing song. And then, um, your new, your latest single is I Believe. Yeah, I Believe in the Life, in the of, life Jesus. of Jesus. In the Life of Jesus, which is, again, just another incredibly powerful oh, song. And you have this, you. you're a worship leader and an artist, and the, you've kind of blended, you know, I think sometimes people think it's like Christian radio and then there's worship music, right? You know, yeah, the funny thing is I grew up with a gospel background, so I didn't know any of the way people separate things. <laughs> so right. I'm just like, hey, I'm just singing just gonna do what you do. <laughs> but you're so what I, I guess what I'm getting at is you're uh, a recording artist with a record deal, but you're a full time worship leader yeah. at a church in uh, Franklin, yeah. Tennessee, right? Yeah. Church, church of the, church city. Of the city. And mm-hmm. so you're like on staff. Mm-hmm. So you're juggling right now. You just got home from the West Coast. I'm interrupting a, a date with your wife, I think. <laughs> you, you and your wife are hanging today, and I said, yeah. you want to come over and do a podcast. So, in fact, your wife's sitting right, behind, right. behind me over my <laughs> right. shoulder. I'm sorry. No, so and, my first thing was like, uh, babe, Matthew just texted me. What do you think? <laughs> I'm so, I feel terrible, but no, man, selfishly, no. I'm so glad that you're here for a few minutes to hang and share your story. So how are you juggling everything right now between being full-time at a church, full-time as a recording artist, you're on tour with the great Matt Marr right now, just got off the West Coast, and I want to talk about your family a little bit, but yeah. have you found it to be a struggle to juggle all these things that are taking off for you? Oh, man, it's the easiest thing ever, man. No, just, <laughs> I was like, wow. No, no, dude. I, I mean, I'm straight up in learning curve mode. I, I, Everything is, like, first. Like, there are a lot of firsts happening. So, like, I, this the songs that are taking off um, or whatever they've been doing, that's the first time that's happened for me. So that's learning curve for me to even know I've been doing music for a long time, but to even know what that's like, you know, um, I have some good people in my corner, like Dan Pitts is just yeah. 100 and, and he's, he manager. knows how this thing goes. So, you know, um, yeah, he's been long time yeah, manager long for time. Toby Mac, right. and Mandisa. Yeah, and I got to work with him for a few years. He's really? a great, great guy. Yeah, so you got good people in your life yeah. helping you balance it. Yeah. Uh, your wife is probably really good at helping you balance she's things as way, well. She's really great at it. She's um, way better at organization. I'm the creative guy who's like spontaneous, random. <laughs> you know, um, she's like do the plan, and I'm like go with the flow. So then we put it together. And, and she, yeah, she keeps it. She yeah, keeps yeah, yeah, you yeah. Uh, hanging in there and yeah, on yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I get to tell you about the NIV Bible for Men. It's new from the Zondervan Bible Publishers. It's designed to help you connect with your identity in Christ. You guys know I write a lot of songs about the topic of identity because it is so important to make sure that our identities are firmly rooted in who God says we are. And the NIV Bible for Men is going to help you do just that. They've got some really unique features like myth articles that expose commonly accepted myths of our culture and refute them with God's word. Profiles of men and women of the Bible, so you go deeper into the character study. Notes that offer clarity into the attributes of God, so knowing who you are, where does that begin? It begins outside of yourself by knowing who God is. Questions for growth that you can answer alone, with a friend, or in a small group. Bibles offer the knowledge, strength, and clarity to navigate life's challenge with 
Scripture as Your Guide. It's available in hardcover or leather soft style, so it could be a great gift for uh, the men or man in your life. Find out more and order your copy at amazon.com slash rooted and flourish. That's amazon.com slash rooted and flourish. Now, you know, you, you hear the phrase living the dream, like when, when someone like would see you and go, man, he's got a song on the radio and he's on tour now. Like they might be like that person's living the dream. Like, are you living the dream that you've always had for yourself? Or like, was this something where you were like early on in life, mom's teaching me to sing the runs in the car. <laughs> I want I want a record deal someday. Like, is this your definition of living the dream? Or is this a, a situation where God had something in store for you that, that you didn't really see coming? What does it feel like? Man, you know, honestly, when I was a kid, I remember being a, my joke about be having a four-piece band when I was a kid. Uh, that was the thing. I was like, I got a four-piece band, but it was just all me, right? Okay, you so, said that, and I was like, wait, what is that? Okay, so, so you're saying it really was all it you. It was literally me. I'd be in my room, had these <laughs> the creative ideas I'm imagining, like, oh, this big thing. But that was like third, fourth grade. And so the older I got, I really, I, drawing and everything like that, that's what I decided to pursue. I was like, okay, you can't make money. Being an artist, I heard about starving artists, so then I'm just going to be an architect. So I went to school for architecture. Really? And then decided after my first year that I was going to do um, basically audio engineering. So like, so I started doing audio engineering. Now, I decided um, in that moment, I was like, okay, do writing, producing, and do uh, artistry. <laughs> and man, I just, I, I tried to chase that for so long, and it just, it wasn't happening. And so... The third time I decided, but after years, I said, you know what, I'm quitting. This is the third time I told God, I said, hey, I'm quitting. I'm going to computer science. <laughs> Man. <laughs> and You've had some, like, yeah, yeah. hard right turns yeah, yeah, and yeah, left yeah. turns. The funny thing is, my uncle was in computer science, and he was like, they use musicians a lot because just the way their brain works really it works well for computer science. Yeah. No way. Yes. Not my brain. <laughs> Not my brain I at mean, all. So and so I was actually in college to start doing computer science and I was like, God, I'm I'm this is the third time. I'm quitting for real. No joke. And then two weeks later, I go and I'm playing devotions at my kids' school and somebody taps me on the shoulder and she says, Hey, God told me it's clear as day that I'm supposed to help you. And I'm like, Really, God? Well, the the lady was Cheryl Crow. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. She And so she says, I know this sounds crazy, but God told me this. And so I have this humble studio. You can come and you can use it at any time. Just contact so-and-so. Well, I didn't. Wait, and this was at church? No, this oh. was at school. This was at uh, the school that my kids went to because her kids went there. And like, it, um, uh, Cheryl Crow? Yes, Cheryl Crow. Okay, you've told me a bit of your story. I don't, I don't think you told me this part. Cheryl Crow oh, comes man. up to you. And she felt like the Lord put it on her heart yes. to offer her studio to you. Yes, and so I was in a I was in an era of life where I was quitting. I was because I couldn't figure out how to. I was chasing distractions, trying to figure out how to end these distractions in my life, how to focus more and stuff. And so I, I literally was too afraid to actually take her up on it. So I didn't, I didn't respond. I said, "Thank you," and I just left and. I didn't because were you intimidated by it or something or well just, I didn't want to get in there and not finish and I was already trying to figure out how to finish things in life and what so, what it really was was just learning how to delegate things to people I didn't know how to do that in that stage of my life so um so yeah so I didn't hit her up and all of a sudden I get a call it says private number I'm like who is this hello hey John Cheryl Crow here I was like 
She said, hey, I'm really serious. I, I know it sounds crazy, but God really told me, I feel like he really told me that I'm supposed to help you. And then she starts saying something about, like, Bob Dylan told her this one time. I'm like, so in the end, I ended up texting. I said, hey, I know you said X, Y, Z, but I forgot everything else you said after Bob Dylan. I just never heard anybody say Bob Dylan told them anything. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like an epic like, name drop. I know. I'm like, what? What is this? So I, I, I took her up on the offer. I went in there and... um. Just that era of my life, I just, it was an era of my life where I understood, where I learned what my call, what I felt my calling was. At Sheryl Crow Studio. At Sheryl Crow Studio. And did you ever release songs that you wrote and recorded there? No, I like, actually What did you do when you were there? I recorded songs. I, I, that was really a moment where the people that were surrounding me actually really kind of came in close. And it just, it helped point me in this direction that said, oh, maybe I shouldn't, if somebody like Sheryl Crow believes this, then maybe... Maybe I shouldn't be quitting. Had she heard you sing? Yeah, she actually had come to uh, the church that I was at during that point. Like, she would visit the church, or maybe she even went to the church, or her baby's, her sitter maybe went to the church or something. Have you kept in touch with her? A little bit, yeah. Like, does she know that you've gone on to get a recording contract? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a crazy story. I I just, I laugh because I'm like, God, you just really want up to me like that. I tried to quit and you decided to say, hey, well, I'm going to send somebody and knock on your shoulder that you don't expect. So she was dropping Bob Dylan's name and you're here dropping Cheryl Crow's name. Like, <laughs> but did she say something to you? Like, was there something that she said to you that made you go like, okay, this is God? Um, it was, well, one of the things I actually got a chance to write a song with her, um, what the heck? Yeah, it's called Broken Pieces, and so I'll release it one day. But you haven't I, released it? Haven't released it yet. Man. I got to hear it. Yeah, I'll let you hear it, man. <laughs> this crazy. is incredible. Yeah, I am. Um, the biggest thing that I walked away from there realizing was that God was really, was that God had a purpose for me, and I can't quit on the purpose. Like, I think that was the biggest thing, because I kept trying to say, you know, it, music won't do this, and I felt like I was saying, no, it, it doesn't matter about all this. This is the path I'm trying to get you to walk down. When I give you a purpose, I need you to walk through that purpose Gee, and forget everything else. Come on. And so that's kind of, um, that's just the road I've been walking down and just allowing God, just walking through the doors that I felt like God was opening for me. Hey, did you guys know that most children's vitamins have some unhealthy stuff in them? It's like, a, you know, the old song, just a spoonful of sugar. A lot of unhealthy chemicals and other gummy junk in these vitamins that growing kids really shouldn't eat. And that's why Haya was created, H-I-Y-A. It's a pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. Most ch children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar, and they contribute to a variety of health issues. Well, Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, and yet it tastes great even for the picky eaters in your life. It was formulated with the help of nutritional experts. Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, and zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration. Who doesn't need help in that, right? It's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. It's designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. Your kids are going to love it. Trust me on this. Haya is a healthy way to make sure you're getting the vitamins and all the nutrition that you need. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order to claim this deal. You must go to Haya.com slash West. 
It's not available on their regular website. So go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash West and get your kids the full body nourishment that they need to turn into healthy adults. Check it out. You mentioned uh, a minute ago about being afraid of not being able to finish something at the studio or and then having a hard time finishing things and then we didn't finish that thought. I want to go <laughs> I want to hear can you talk a little bit about that journey of discovery about your wiring and just cuz you shared a little bit of that with me as well and I found that to be really powerful. But mm. what what was it that you you know, we're struggling with it. You were discovering about yourself. Like, was it, is it ADD? What, what is it, you know? Man, you know, I think, well, man, I can, I can talk all day about that. What part did I actually? I, I think you just shared how you'd kind of done some, some counseling oh, and oh, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. you know, just how the Lord had really worked in your life about, but you, you, it's, you said you were skipping around from one thing to the next, but not finishing things. Like, yeah, w- what was you know, what ultimately brought you to a breakthrough in that? Yeah. And that I, discovery of how you're wired and, and, you know, what you could become. First time somebody had mentioned ADD to me, they were like, you might have ADD. I was like, what is that? You know, so I go to the counselor and the counselor says, it's like, uh, he's like, uh, I don't think you have an ADD problem as much as you have an avoidance problem. Avoidance? Avoidance. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> I just said, and I just pushed it to the side. Later on, after you avoided it. <laughs> yeah, <I did. laughs> technically, <laughs> literally. Um, but some of it had to do with the fear of what people thought about me. Like if it wasn't perfect enough. Um, so, so I feel that. I, I think one of the biggest things when I was a kid, my, my parents divorced when I was ten years old, and I I remember um, my sister is four years younger than me. Um, the one who sing the one note Janice <laughs> Janice yeah um and we went I remember when our parents were getting divorced somebody brought us into these chambers like a judge chambers and they asked they were and I told my sister before we walked in I was 10 she's six I was like when we go in don't say anything <laughs> like don't say anything we're not telling them anything we're not you know mm. we're not going to be a part of this kind of thing um they asked us where we wanted to live and I didn't realize that's at that age that that's just a crazy thing to ask wow, a minor, a let alone a ten year old. Oh, and man. so, and I remember leaving out of there thinking, as much as I tried to make sure I didn't give them anything to go off of, the decision that they made, which was for us to go to our dad's house, actually, I started carrying that weight, thinking that I said something that made them actually decide. And so, I actually spent a lot of my adult years being very apprehensive of making a decision unless it was a perfect decision. Because what I realized was if I don't make a perfect perfect decision, it can go haywire mm. and I can be responsible for something I shouldn't be responsible mm. for, you know? Mm. And also let the system let you, so all these different things that I, that I carried in my mind That's heavy. led to the avoidance of me saying, man, if it's not perfect, then, then it's not going to be right. Wow. <laughs> you have to make it perfect. And, um, and to be honest, the, I one of my breakthroughs was just in counseling. The counselor saying, "Man, you're you're a ten year old. You were ten years old. You should have never had to deal with that." And then just th- through some healing trauma work that I was able to do, I just able to walk through some of those things that kind of helped me let those things go and realize, man, it's actually okay to make the mistakes. And then probably the biggest thing that actually helped me because I actually I started walking through it, but even. I would still have the perfection thing. But when 2020 came and all of a sudden everybody's like jacked up 
and videos don't have to be perfect anymore. You're just getting on. That was actually a huge breakthrough for me because the huh. idea of being perfect was gone. <laughs> we're like for everybody. For everybody. It was almost like this leveling, this this mm-hmm. everybody kind of hitting the same. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And so then I started doing these worship nights, and literally I would um I record it and be like, I'm not gonna listen to it. I don't know what it sounds like. I hope it worked out. <laughs> and, right. And I had and never set yourself done that free and from the perfectionism. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. And did that, those worship nights, are they kind of what caught on with, um, is that what put you on the radar of the record label, or had you already had a deal at that I'd point? I'd actually already had a deal okay. at that point. I think but I, that I was just a real personal turning point that yeah. actually spilled into your creative output as well. Yeah. And do you feel? Do you still feel this wrestling, like, like when we're writing a song, mm-hmm. which we've gotten the chance to do, and it's super inspiring for me to, like, to, like, hear you go sit at the piano and just start playing and singing i'm like you'll go to chords that i wouldn't think to play or you'll sing a melody i wouldn't think to play. it's like and i'm a little like i'm frantic like i'm like i'm not precious when i'm writing i'm more of like a bull in a china shop right and you probably ha- are probably going this guy doesn't shut up or whatever and i'm like you know no, what I mean? I'm, I'm just like what about this what about this no i loved i was, sitting, oh, I was like <laughs> dang really i was just like, like all over the place <laughs> um, i love it I, my friend um Mark Hall from Cassie Crowds. Yes. He dude, he he said he described like writing with me. It was like a he, he just said it was like a hurricane. Like, like he's like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know if the furniture's still there. Cause I just like I'm a little all over the but I thought that was funny. But so like are you when you go in now, after having these kind of breakthroughs and sort of releasing yourself from the pressure of perfection. Does it still rise up in you when you're like when you're recording, I believe, in the life of Jesus or writing the song? Like, is it hard for you to finally release the song into the world? Were you still thinking it's not done yet? It's not right. I should have <laughs> sang this better. Or or have you really felt like, no, man, I'm proud of that. I'm done. Yeah, it could it could always be, you know, I could have done this, could have done that. How did what's your thought process now? Because now it's like. The whole world's hearing it on the radio. Yeah. I could see that pressure. I, at least I feel that pressure before I release a song. I'm like, yeah. I'm eating up about it. Is it good enough that I do it all right? You know? Dude, I, yes. And I mean, at the end of the day, I still struggle with it. Like, one of the things, one of the other things that helped me is um, I like to paint. And I remember um, I was painting this picture. And I was doing like this uh, this thing called Art Crawl down downtown Franklin, right? And so I'm painting live. And in my mind, I've got, I'm gonna paint this layer and I'm gonna do this and it's gonna look like this. But I got all these eight steps to get to it. I'm on step two. People start walking in and they're like, oh my gosh, can I buy that right now? I was like, it's not finished at all. No, it looks finished to me. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? I got like six more stages to go. And I realized in that moment, wow, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get something to eight stages that people are actually loving the second stage of, am I just overdoing it? <laughs> and that kind of helped me, like, it takes way less time for me to paint a painting than it does to record a song, but it helped me kind of make the correlation, like, I'm probably doing that in my music too. Gee, Trying to take it to stage that's eight. That's fascinating. When stage two is what the people are actually needing. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't struggle with releasing it as much as I do in the middle, like, the tracking of like I struggle in the tracking stage. So yeah, if I'm if I struggle in the singing stage. So sometimes if I'm struggling, I'll bring a keyboard in, 
because when I bring the keyboard, I'll just I won't play You're the freer. keyboard. I'm freer. I, I have to if I have to focus on playing it. I'm not recording. Oh, then you're not thinking as much about the vocal right. performance. It takes my it takes me out of my head, and it feels more like I'm at church. Hey, I wonder if you need to supercharge your hiring. If you do, well, you need Indeed. Uh, if you're like me and uh, you got a lot of stuff going on, you need to find some great people to add to your team, but you don't have a lot of time to spend searching. Where do you begin? You begin at Indeed. Indeed makes it easy. They streamline the whole hiring process. It's an unbelievably powerful hiring platform, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2913. Over 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed. So why aren't you? They streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates and instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all and that's what i love you're able to hire and find the right people fast and you're also able to save money in the process here's how the only job site that where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements that's indeed no other job site offers that so you're saving money and you're finding the right people to add to your team join more than three million businesses that use indeed start hiring now with a 75 dollars job credit sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash west offer is good for a limited time claim your 75 dollars job credit now at indeed.com slash west again indeed.com slash west and support the show by saying that you heard about it on the matthew west podcast indeed.com slash west terms and conditions apply if you need to hire you need indeed you know what's you know what I'm really impressed by and talking to you is like which by the way I've seen your artwork too you've shown me some pictures of your oh, paintings man. and oh my goodness dude oh, I mean it's thanks, like bro. you you are incredibly gifted on many levels but like also just to hear you talk and I felt this way when we wrote together and you share with me a little more your stories like in a world filled with people that like the scariest thing for most people, for a lot of people, myself included, is to do the hard work on yourself. Mm. Like avoidance would be preferred mm. as opposed to like, you know, um, in fact, I, I'm going to butcher this report of a study that I, I heard about, but like people were uh, put into a room and they were given the option of like, I think it was like they to sit in solitude um, or like receive an electric shock, <laughs> and it was like they. I, I again, I'm butchering the study, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. You know, this is the beauty of Instagram, where you're just getting information super right. fast. Right, right. But it was like alarming how many people would rather have the electric shock than to yeah. like sit alone with their thoughts yeah. or something. And I just remember thinking like, that's probably me, you know. <laughs> but like, you know, the the principle of that, or the you know the the segue or the connection is that I think a lot of people would rather uh, and never fully discover what, you know, what their wiring is or what maybe trauma they've had in their life. Like they'd rather never go back and uncover that. Mm -hmm. um, even if it meant a better understanding of who they are and who they can become, it'd, it'd be easier just to avoid. And like, I, I, every time we talk, I feel like I'm talking to somebody who's like, no, I've I've looked that in the face. Like I've I've been willing to go there and look at that and understand it. And as a result, I have a better understanding of who God's making me 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and it, it challenges me to go like, I want to be like that. You know what I mean? I don't want to avoid those parts of my story that might actually help me get closer to yeah. God's heart for me. You oh, know man. what I mean? That's, that's something. Thank you, man. I, I think that's coming through in your music too. I, man, I, I don't think it's anything. No. I think, you know, it's interesting how, they, what do they say, the blessing is the curse or the weakness can be the strength or whatever. I mean, if, if we do Enneagram, Right, the Enneagram Seven is like, man. There's certain things that they is your seven. From. No, I'm not a seven. Oh, oh. But if I would take the seven, then their strength is going to be. They'll bring joy to a room, right? They just like they they'll bring laughter to a room. But think about my friend McClarney. McClarney is going to Chris McClarney. Chris McClarney is going to have you. Is he rolling. a seven? He'll bring. He'll... Oh, bro, he's one of the funniest people I know. Okay, so he brings joy into the <laughs> he'll room. He brings joy into the room. Um, but some of that is from you know the story of somebody who's Enneagram 7, like there's a place where that actually comes from. So mine just happens to be, if I'm Enneagram 4, which I can say like I more identify with Enneagram 4 than a other number. So I can be like, well, you know, shame makes me want to figure out how to fix it. So it's, that's my weakness is, oh man, I might think I'm all of this. And then the strength of that is actually, you know what? I'm not all of that because God is the one who completes us and God has actually brings us to this place. So how do I just do my best in trying to get to that point? <laughs> so it's almost like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to. Yeah. Yeah. So Did, um, w- talk about your journey of faith a little bit, like from growing up in church to mom and dad divorcing, like what did that do for that path? of your relationship with the Lord and like, cause now you're standing up, you're leading worship at church. You're singing songs with bold professions of faith. I believe in the life of Jesus. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I believe that God can turn it around and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, song we wrote together. Yes. I believe he's the way, the way the yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, these are bold professions of faith song from somebody who's like got this deep conviction that like Jesus is the way. Yeah. Um, what uh, was it always that way, or did the split from your parents like also mean a split from church in in some respects? Yeah, I would say, I would say, um, I mean, growing up in gospel gospel community is like it's almost like uh, I remember somebody saying, "You don't realize Jesus is all you have until Jesus is all." You don't realize Jesus is all you want until Jesus is all you have mm-hmm. <laughs> until He's all you've got. So like. That's, or if you take the scripture that says, um, train up a child in the way he should grow, he won't depart from it. Like, I I grew up in church. Like, that was all my house was. So I did, after divorce, kind of, after divorce, and even that incident that I, like, I learned that I have to protect myself kind mm-hmm. of thing, right, at an early age. And it was, um, and I had to protect my little sister. So then that idea of protect yourself as I grew into adulthood, it became asking God to do it is a second thought. It's 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 not the default thought in my head. Like I've got to figure it it's out. Up to you, to me, it's mm. up to me. And so, I, I, because as a teenager, I was a troubled teenager. I went, I had a lot a hard go. You know what I'm saying? Like I went through, I tried a lot of different things as a teenager, and um, I just remember getting my mom who never cried. <laughs> like I maybe saw her cry once by the time I was 17. She came to pick me up um, from a school that I was kicked out of the second time. And mm. she was like, 
I just don't know what I'm going to do. And she starts crying. I don't mm. know what I'm going to do with you. And I was just like, whoa. Well, first, I've never seen her cry. <laughs> and second, I just felt God saying, what are you going to do with your life? And um, and it was kind of like he just hit me in the head. And like all the different things that I remember learning as I was growing up, it just started coming back in. And I'm like, I, I've got to. I've got to turn this, I've got to give this, give my life over to God. And so I gave that, like I, I walked away, but I was like in my teenage years, I had walked away, but I was still kind of close. <laughs> like, it's like, I would, I still talk to God on my own, but I was just rebellious in all the rules. Sure, like, I'm like, sure. oh, I'm not going to follow the rules yeah. kind of thing. Um, but, but God had a lot of grace on me. A lot of people that I, um, that I hung with just didn't make it in life well really um yeah a lot lot of sad stories you know Mm. um and so i just look back and like i'm you know i named my son sean because i realized that um mine is john it just means the meaning of that name is god is gracious and i've just seen his thread like over my life just he keeps weaving like showing me that i'm always there um that he's always there with me Mm. um and so i had to give that name to my son because you know um I wanted, I wanted that to follow him. And so, yeah, although as a teenager I kind of stepped away, I was still always kind of still there. And mm-hmm. so as an adult, what that did um, is make me have to remember, man, I have to turn this to God and not do it on my own. So It's pretty cool that your first song on the radio was was a push against self-sufficiency like mm-hmm. that your cry the cry of your heart in that song was god mm-hmm. turn it around i can't <laughs> do this on my own yeah that's a pretty cool i mean you're probably going yeah no duh i just here but no i don't that's like pretty that. neat though how like just you know what is it the life informs art right or you know yeah. what i mean like you're yeah. do you feel like the music you're writing now is informed by the path that your story has had up until now yeah, that wasn't that wasn't even a song. <laughs> um, it wasn't meant to be a song. It was I had gotten off the phone with my dad, honestly, and we've had like this estranged relationship. And for the first time, we were talking on the phone for an hour. We don't talk on the phone for five minutes, and I we just started sharing these stories about um about what like our life story with each other. Hmm. I'd never heard his story before, you know, and I was blown away how our so- stories are similar. And he heard my story, and as a parent, he's just shocked that some of these things that even happened, you know. And so it was like God had this healing healing moment mm. that we had just never had, that I had never had with my dad. And uh, I just, and I, I literally had these tears of joy, like, wow, I never, I've never had this with my pops, you know. And, and I've also never called him pops before. That's funny. <laughs> but, uh, Man, that's beautiful, but, um, though. Wow. But I hung up the phone, and I just remember just looking up and I said, God, you really do turn things around. And then I just I just went to the piano because I find peace in the piano. I went to the piano and I just started playing for like three hours and I just started singing, God, turn it around, God, turn it around. And I, and then I had this in my heart, like this thing. I was like, man, I really want people to feel what I feel right now. Like, God, you just did something amazing. I've never experienced this. I wish other people can. And that's how it came. Like, I'm praying God come and turn this around. God turn it around. God turn it. So it 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 was a, a declaration, like, thank you. And yeah. then a prayer. And then I called my 
a couple of friends of mine. I was like, yo, I don't know what this is, but I've been playing this for a few hours. <laughs> Let's go. Maybe this may be something. Let's go make this. Yeah. And uh, what's it like to hear people share with you what it means to them or how it finds their way into their story? Man, it's, it's the most Pretty cool, thing, right? Dude, it's, I, I've heard so many stories in so many different ways that it just blows my mind. And um, I'm honored to get to hear them. Yeah. So are you, um, what's next for you? You're doing a tour right now with Matt Marr. Um, are you doing anything Christmas or what, are you making plans for next year? New record? What, what's happening? So I'm not doing anything Christmas. We're t taking some, some time, time off. off. Yeah. Got it. I did fall, Christmas and spring last year. And so let's get this. I'm on this fall tour with Matt. We're having a blast. Um, taking a break in Christmas and then doing Hits Deep in the spring. Nice. And uh, also releasing a record. And Hits I, Deep is like 30, 40 cities, something like that. It's yeah. pretty yeah, pretty intense, it's right? It's pretty intense, yeah. And we're we're doing 30 on this fall tour. Oh, like, man. We're halfway through. So that's pretty intense. And so we had to take a break. That's incredible. Yeah, but it's fun. And um, so, yeah, doing the Hits Deep in the spring and also releasing the record, uh, an album. So, And when will that will that be late spring or, or fall? That's going to be late spring. Um, okay. We're releasing some singles and then, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm excited about the way, too. <laughs> yeah, the, it, it, so you've already we wrote a song called "The Way," yeah. and you said you've been playing it live, and yeah, I, I, I was like, <laughs> you know, I I know it's not out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is kind of risky, <laughs> but it's I I'm just I'm grateful that whatever is happening, that people just they're singing it before I even finish the chorus. Like, I play a down chorus of it, and they're singing it with me. I'm like, you all have literally never heard this song that before in your awesome, life. So man. It's, it's a blessing to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, I it's a blessing to be able to get to know you. Like, and uh I for those who are listening and watching, I got to I had this idea to take a song of mine called You Changed My Name, which is just, you know, this worship anthem about identity. And I was like, I want to have somebody join me on that. My idea was to like take song from my record, My Story, Your Glory, and kind of make it like our story, your glory, mm -hmm. and just have like different collaborative moments to kind of reimagine the songs and mm -hmm. getting to write with you and getting to hear you perform and then like going, man, what would it be like if the two of us did that together? So obviously we're releasing that version, uh, I think in conjunction with the release of this podcast, but uh, I, I can't wait for people to hear uh, you and me getting to sing that together. I was just honored that you would do that. And oh, uh, now just like I said, I've become a fan of you and, and getting a chance to hear more of who you are and what what journey you've been on. Like, I think that just takes it so much deeper for those who are hearing your song on the radio. Like now they can go, okay, like I know what this guy's all about. I know what he's been through. And, and plus like how many people have stories in their in their lives or chapters that like wind up shaping so many other chapters for better or worse. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so yeah. for you to be sharing like from that place, I mean that, that I know just strikes a nerve for a lot of other people. And I got a feeling if somebody's going to listen to this podcast today and go, you know what, maybe I need to like, maybe I should like talk to a counselor or maybe I mm -hmm. should, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. instead of just avoiding yeah. these, these difficult parts of my life, like maybe I should face them head on and, dare to believe that God could turn something around or, you know, heal an estranged relationship or, um, you know, help me deal with, you know, understanding why I 
why I act the way I do, and it could stem from something that was never my fault in the first, whatever it might be. Man. I mean, that's that's breakthrough kind of stuff that you're talking about and mm-hmm. singing about, and that's why, like, I want, I was like, this guy needs every platform that he can get. He needs it because the Lord's speaking through you in a powerful way. So uh, thank you for coming and hanging out here at the Story House, man. Thank you. Thank you. We for, got more songs to write, I too. Do it. I know, I know. Thank you for letting me sing on song. I I love that I get to actually not just sing on it, but just listening to the lyrics and mm-hmm. singing the lyrics. As I'm as we as I was recording it, I'm like, man, this is this is real. Oh, <laughs> this is I get to I get to put that on like the the clothing of it, and yeah. it feels I can sing it as a part of me. So yeah, we want to write these anthems, don't we? That are lifelines to people. We're living in a world that's obsessed with identity right now, you mm-hmm. know. And that's you know, I write a lot of songs about that topic because. For me, it's just coming to that realization that the the, the journey to discover who you are uh, begins by discovering whose you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the the world that denies that we have a creator, well, they're not going to go to the creator to find out who they are. Right. And then every other every other path you choose to discover who you are, that's a fool's that's a fool's path. You know because yeah. it it leads to go. Well, maybe it's up to me to discover who I am, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so I you know wanted to put out a song that kind of was no this is who this is who made you and what he says about you (laughs) and his power the power of god's grace to not only give us our identity but promise us a new identity in christ like and that's that's game-changing stuff so thank you for bringing a voice to that Oh, thank you, John Reddick, ladies and gentlemen. I'm 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 going quick today because you have a soccer game to go to. <laughs> you 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 got family time. You got to get back on your. You said it's not a. I said, is this a date day with your wife? But you called it proximity what, day. And what is that? Just means you're you're close. What what does that mean? So we have like I just did this random thing. I was like, babe, what do you think if we call a day? Um, this kind of day or that kind of day. So we have these seven days, and one of the days is we just. <sighs> Spend time just with each other. She one of her love languages is uh, quality time. Yeah. So um, it's just like all like just proximity. We're in it, and and we love being together. So it's like we just do everything together. Like you know? so, every day could be proximity. It can, so but you we have got other seven. Days too. Can you can you share them, or are those just inside? I mean, there's one called Compliment Day, right? Where we just speaking <laughs> to each other's lives. I, I, I'm oh gonna share all man, of them. I oh, like we, that. Wait, can I share the Lucy one? So <laughs> we have a dog <laughs> called Lucy, and. Uh, you know, sometimes when you know, um, you, you the deposits withdrawals. Everybody knows about that, right? You don't yes. want if you're irritated about something, and you you you're like, why did this happen? You don't want to say, why did you do this? So then we're like, we have a day that's called blame it on Lucy Day. So <laughs> if you want to blame something, you blame it on the on dog. On the dog? <laughs> oh, that's the best day ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then it's just like you kind of stay out of like uh, titter tatter things. Or I whatever. like that. Yeah, so, so proximity day, yeah. compliment day, blame it on the dog day. Yeah, yeah, Man, yeah. you just got to That should be a whole. That's a devotional book. You and your <laughs> wife need to write together, dude. Yeah, maybe that actually be. Oh, you know what? There you go. Let's sign them up. Call yeah, the publisher man. right now. Let's get them on the phone. I'll be your agent. All right. <laughs> Hey, John, congratulations on all the great things happening with you. And uh, I'm cheering you on, dude. I appreciate you. Greater things to come. Thanks for letting me be here, bro. Come on. (laughs) All right, now it's time for songs from the Story House in honor of John Reddick being here and uh, the duet we just released together, a special collab version of You Changed My Name. I thought I'd sing a little bit of it for you now. 
This actually started, this song started in a minor league hockey locker room <laughs> with uh, Jeremy Camp, of all people. We were writing a song for his record called Keep Me In The Moment, um, which was on the radio uh, a, few, a couple years ago. And we started this song and never finished it. And I just kept coming back to this course. It felt like just a worship anthem. And so when I was making My Story Your Glory, I was thinking about wanting, uh, you know, the Your Glory record was gonna be a worship-focused album, and I just kept coming back to this chorus. So I thought I'd sing a little bit of this verse and chorus of this song. Um, this song's had a really neat journey, and now to have John join me on it makes it that much more special, so. My name was lost till your love reached out. You rescued me, now my name is found. I was a slave to my sin and shame. Those chains fell off when you changed my name. You changed my name. my dad he gives good advice so we're closing out today's show with another segment of dad vice listen to his theme song to get fired up he is my dad and he gives good advice and that's why this segment is called dad vice all right dad thanks for joining us send yeah. us out today hey um it's good to be here, Matthew. I'm hoping that one of these interviews you'll say, it's good to see you, Dad. What did I'll, I say? I, and I'll be able to say, at my age, it's good to be seen anywhere. Oh, That's okay. a dad joke. That's, That's a free one. <laughs> That's, are we paying for the other dad jokes? Oh, yeah, you're oh. paying for these dearly. <laughs> so here we go. Why is it so easy to play practical jokes on leaves in autumn? Because they fall for anything. Wow. Come on, come on. Um, 
using the words today, balcony people, balcony people, and I'll tell you what that means in just a minute. I'm using the words to your song while I can, and uh, again, awesome songs, powerful messages, uh, encouraging from God's word uh, through your song. Uh, if today was my last day, I'd call my mom out of the blue, take the time to say the words I seldom do. What am I waiting for? It ain't like I'm going to live forever. I don't want to miss it anymore. Am I doing better, by the way, of reading mm. your lyrics? Are you going to use me in a full-time oh, yeah. way? Of, it's, of, it's like Morgan Freeman did, <laughs> yeah. a, did an album. Yeah, reading, or reading, reading the Bible. Yeah. yeah, I think he reads the Bible. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. Okay. These lyrics, while you can, remind us that we need to treat people well while we have time, both with our actions and our words. The late author, and I read this book several times, uh, Joy Landorf wrote the book, Balcony People. It's just a little read, and, and I'm not a good reader, and boy, I picked that book up, read it in one setting, and read it again and again. In it, she describes two different types of people, and your mom read it too. She says, there are some people in the balconies of our lives who cheer us on, energizing us by their warm affirmations. There are others who live down in the basement, coldly tearing away at our souls with their unfair and critical judgments. All of us have experienced both types of people, the balcony people and the basement people. Balcony people are in your corner. They are your cheerleaders, your encouragers. We need to focus on the balcony people and let the basement people have less effect on the story That's of true. our lives. I don't know if you remember one of your coaches, Coach Franson. He was always in your corner. He was a balcony people for both you and, and Joel, your brothers, Joel and Adam. He just couldn't say more encouraging words to you and be your balcony person. Uh, why is it so important that we have balcony people in our corner? And uh, there are cheerleaders, our encouragers. We need to focus on the balcony people and let the basement people, again, I've said this, have less effect on the story of our lives. Why? Because words matter. Words can hurt or heal. There is power in the tongue. We can choose how to use our words. We can choose to be a balcony or a basement person. Here are two choices. Here's our two choices. One, don't be a basement person. A buzzword today for a basement person could be called a toxic person. Their words are hurtful, judgmental, critical. They speak discouraging and negative words into your life. They gossip and tear down. Psalm 52, 2, your tongue devises a, a destruction like a sharp razor working deceitfully. James 3, 8 said, the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Don't be that person. And, and we're tempted to be that kind of person when someone rubs, rubs us the yeah. wrong way. And we wake up every morning and say, God, give me the right words to say. Secondly, be a balcony person. Build up others. Be in their corner when nobody else is. Uh, Matthew, I hope you feel that your mom and me are, are your balcony people. First Thessalonians 5.11, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Demonstrate God's love. Let Jesus be seen in all you say and do. Encourage others to seek God and serve him. Hebrews 10 
Look what it says in 24 and 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And having people around you that just spur you on to be better. I mean, how valuable is that? Romans 14, 19. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Philippians 2, Paul saying in prison, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That's hard to do, but how rewarding. My dad advice today, begin to make a more intentional effort to encourage those around you. Be an encourager. Yeah. Be a balcony person. At work, at school, a neighbor, or a friend, everyone needs a balcony person. Someone in their corner. Someone demonstrating God's love in their life. If you do, you'll begin to see changes in yourself and in others. God will use you. Ask him to direct you to those who need an encouraging word. You will step into their story and make a difference. Yeah. Go out. Let's go out and be balcony people, people. I like that. Did you like that? that go was, out and be even a balcony people, people. That was good. That, that was a good way to end it. Come on. Thanks. Boom. Thanks, Dad. All right, my friends, that's our show for today. How awesome is John Reddick? Man, uh, just a deep well. Just so gifted, too, but his perspective on life and faith and just uh, his kind of understanding of his own story is hopefully something that challenges you. I know it does for me as well, but uh, be sure to go check out his latest music. Of course, his his big hit that's been on the radio this year called I Believe in the Life of Jesus. You can catch him on tour as well, as he mentioned. He's out on tour with the other Matt, Matt Marr. Um, and uh, who knows, maybe John and I will get to do some shows at some point in the future, but uh, be sure to support John Reddick wherever you listen and stream music. Very excited to see what God's doing in his life through his platform of music thanks to my dad as always for bringing some encouragement and thanks to you for listening uh, my ministry is called pop we and uh, man i sure hope uh, that our ministry has been able to stay connected with you if you haven't already you need to sign up for our weekly day one devos at popwe.org again that's p-o-p-w-e.org you can go there and click to join and you'll get a free email once a week, a little devotional that I write out of my own personal quiet time. You can also submit a prayer request at popwe.org. And we're getting ready to jump into a special time of fundraising called Give a Gobble Away, where we're going to help feed individuals and families in need of a meal at Thanksgiving. So we can use your support at popwe.org. You can go there to donate today and all through the holidays. We've got some really cool giving initiatives um, because that's what it's all about, being about a cause greater than ourselves. So go to popwe.org today. Find out how you can get plugged in with our ministry. We'd love to stay connected with you. All right, go make the most of the one life you get. You get one shot. Don't waste it. Remember, it's your story, but not for your glory. It's your story his glory. God bless you. See you next week.